Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand that finances, well, they can be confusing. But you don't have to face it alone, and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. Now, I'm just going to give you a fair warning. I am so excited about today's program. I had the most awesome meeting with a new client just recently, and I want to tell you all about it without the details, without giving you any information I shouldn't, but I want to give you an overview. A lot of times people are nervous. They don't know what to expect when they're meeting a financial advisor. What are they really going to do? What do I have to say? All the different questions. Am I good enough? Should I be going? All those questions. Well, today's a sneak peek. It lets you see what you can experience when you're meeting with a financial planner. Or let me say, when you're meeting with a financial planner at Crystal Clear Finances. So let's kind of jump in. We have this individual that came and uh, he's over 70 years old. I don't want to give away too much information. And he'd reached that point in life where he said, Crystal, I just want to spend time with the grandbabies. I don't want to be doing this myself because he had been doing his own finances all his life. He'd done a really good job. There was over a million dollars there at age 70 with him already taking an income stream off of it. But his problem was, he says, Crystal, I don't know when I should be selling something to raise money for something else. And every time I sell, it seems like I sell it when the market's low. And then, of course, the next month, the market goes high. How many of you feel that way right now when we're seeing the market, you know, starting to head upward? And so he said, I need to have someone professional who can look at this and say, okay, this is the plan that we need to do. And I just want to make a comment on that because many times when you look at individuals and you look at the studies that are done, oftentimes the market does better than the investor. And how does that work? Well, because investors are oftentimes moved by emotions, right? We get nervous because the market's down. And a lot of times people just want to sell and get out of the market instead of looking at it as, hmm, is it okay that the market's down because I already have some other money set aside that I can tap into if I need to so I don't have to worry about selling at a loss? If they don't have that in place, that's why they feel that panic of, oh, goodness, I can't lose one penny of what I already have because that's what they're using instead of letting it ride through the roller coaster in hopes that it will go back upwards again. So when I met with the individual, one of the first things that we do is we sit down, and I know this may sound different to many people out there, but we open with a word of prayer. We set that benchmark, that line in the sand that says, you know what, out of everything we have, is it really the stock market that's going to keep us wealthy? Is it really the stock market that we can depend upon and get that income stream? Or is it possibly, is it God that we need to make sure that we realign and say, okay, all good things come from him. And if I'm going to depend on anything, I'm going to depend on him rather than the stock market. In my opinion, that's a good call right there. So we always open up with a word of prayer just to kind of set things in stone and verbally declare where our allegiance is, not to the stock market, which sounds kind of funny coming from a certified financial planner, but I found it works. So we always start there. After we did this, the next step that we took this week is we talked about the economy. Now, 
I love getting emails. Well, not all emails, but it's so funny after you see the market go up or after you see the market go down, market watch, all these different emails come in. Now we're on the best time ever. We're thinking it's bullish. Things are going to grow to the sky. Well, maybe they don't say exactly like that, but they're very optimistic. And it's funny because you can watch about four or five come in saying about buy now and all the things to do and how wonderful the world is. And then there'll be two or three that will come in later and say, no, get over yourself. This is what's really happening. And I took time and I want to take time with you today to go over some of the economic reports that I'm looking at. And we'll make sure for our compliance purposes that we'll have a link to what I'm talking about because I'm talking about the first one that I'm going to reference is Bob Dahl and he's with Crossmark Global. And I want to talk about the fact how he's looking at everything. So I'm going to read you some different reports that he has down, and then we're going to summarize it just like we do in the meeting. Because it's easy to just look at what's going on today or what happened last week and then make our decisions on how we're going to place our investments based on today or last week. We really need to have a more long-term, a more global viewpoint of where everything's going. So I'm just going to read you the conclusion summaries of this recent market update that I was going over with my client. And it talked about the fact that we should, that they, I should say, continue to expect a mild recession over the next six to 12 months. Now, a lot of times people aren't thinking that. In fact, a lot of people are starting to say, see, we never even predicted there would be a recession. We were never worried. Okay, well, we'll just let that one slide. But a lot of times people right now are saying that they don't think that there will be a recession and they never were worried about a recession. But the economists that I'm listening to, the economists that I'm working with, with my clients, we're looking at it and saying, you know what? Maybe we'll have some good times before Christmas. That would be really nice. Have some positive times in the stock market so that we're all in a good mood for Christmas morning and we're all spending a lot. Huh, I wonder if that's correlated, that if we feel good about the stock market, we might spend more and then we get in debt more. Well, we won't go down that path. But my point of the matter is, is that I look at this and what I personally believe is that I do think that there will be a mild form of recession at the beginning of next year. Now, the beginning doesn't mean January 1st. It could be in the first or second quarter. And you know what? Hey, that would be so cool if I was wrong. But the way I like to position it with my clients is if we can understand and we can look at the buckets of money they have, like, for instance, with this new client that I was sitting down with, when they said, listen, Crystal, I need $2,000 a month that's coming in. Well, to be able to say, well, hey, let's take this money that's right here and let's make sure you have enough for a year sitting in a money market getting four or five percent. So that money's there. And every month, we'll just drop it into your checking account, you know, ACH it in so that you have that. And then we began to look at, well, what about the next two to three years after that? Well, let's make sure that we have that money where we don't have to wait for it to rebound, but it's set aside in an account that we can make sure that we can get interest on it and it's ready for us. And so I know I'm jumping ahead in my notes, going past the economic report. But if I'm looking at this and saying, hmm, I think that there may be some stale, some level, a mild recession. We're not talking about huge COVID numbers going down. But, you know, it's blah for the beginning of next year. 
Where would I want my money to be? Well, yes, I'll still have my bucket of where I want potential growth. And yes, I'll still have my bucket that I want balanced. But I'm going to have a bucket that I'm saying, hey, wait a minute. If CDs are out there and they're still doing 5 or 5.25%, why wouldn't I have money in a money market getting 4% that's dropping money into my checking account every month and then have it time that 12 months from now, I have CDs that are going to be maturing that will now refill the first bucket that I emptied and I don't have to worry if there was a recession or not. I guess that's my point is when we're sitting down and we're listening to what the economists are saying and we're looking at reports that are coming out, it can take a lot of stress off you if you can begin to say, okay, what's the proper way to plan? Now notice, I didn't tell this client, oh, you need $2,000 a month? Okay, no problem. What we should do is just put it all in cash and close, you know, close our eyes and hope everything works out. No, with the way that inflation is working nowadays, we need to make sure we don't have lazy money. And what's nice is, just two years ago, you'd go to the bank and you couldn't get any interest. But now if we can use brokerage accounts or bank accounts and get 4% and have our money liquid, meaning we can touch it, there's no penalty to it. If we can set up CDs that are getting five, five and a quarter percent, how does that relate to the bonds that are out there. Yes, I'm going down a rabbit trail, but let's just follow this one for a minute because it just, you think about it. I remember 25 years ago when I got started in the industry, it was like, Crystal, bonds and stocks are like a seesaw. If the stocks are up, well, then bonds are down, but don't worry, when the stocks are down, then bonds are up. How many of you have heard that, right? But, you know, things change over time. And I'm looking at this client's portfolio and I'm looking at all the different bonds that they're in and I'm thinking, huh, so these bonds have had a negative eight, a negative seven. Okay, so now this year, maybe they're at a positive one or two or different areas, you know, they brought the bonds over. And I'm looking at it and say, do we really have to go to the old school? Do we really have to go to what the plan says that we have to do from some, you know, you enter the data in? Or is it time that we begin to think on our feet and say, what tools are available? Now, I'm going to tell you a little something. And I know compliance is listening. But when I did the Monte Carlo stimulation, simulation, and I said, okay, let's look at this. And I put in all the data and made it nice and official, big, thick plan summary. And we looked at it that this report told us that we needed, based on his age, we needed to move $400,000 over into bonds from his investments. And I'm talking to him and I'm realizing he still has two businesses that he owns that has money coming in. He already has a very high risk tolerance. He's, yes, he's taking the 2000 but he's got a portion of that stock that they said you shouldn't have that he's leaving as an inheritance for his son, which means his son is going to get the step up in cost basis, right? When he passes away, if he bought the stock and it was only $10 and now it's $251 a share, that son gets the step up in cost basis. When we begin to look at those, that information, to me, that's moving past what some printout has told you to do. The printout tells you, oh, you're older, so you need bonds. I challenge that. The printout says, oh, you're older, so you should sell this stock and you should get all the way over to the other end. 
but it doesn't take into effect his life, his goals, what the long terms are. And that's why it's so important that when we're looking at things and we get this data that comes to us, we can't just accept that data as, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do next. That's why having a professional certified financial planner to sit down and say, wait a minute. Okay, here's what it says. And that's exactly what I did with him. I said, here's what your report says. It says, we need to move this here. And his eyes got really big. I, I, I don't want to move that. And I said, but we're not going to. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what the typical plan would look like. And then we're going to use that as a foundation, and we're going to create a plan that's customized for you. And I want to encourage you, no matter where you are in life, if you are working with a financial planner, that's what should be happening. Not I'm entering money into a, a system, that system is, is spitting out to me, okay, this is what you need to do, and you need this much in bonds, and this much in stocks, and this much overseas, and this much international. It needs to be customized to you. One of the ways that we customize the plan, or one of the influences, I should say, goes back to what I started with at the beginning when I sat down with the client and said, listen, we're looking at these reports that are saying we do see a mild recession over the next six to 12 months. How do we position for it if it does happen? And get this, how do we position if it doesn't? Because I want my client to win whether it rains or whether the sun is shining. And you can do that. When you begin to understand that there's different buckets of money and each one has a different purpose and it can't be a generic purpose, it has to be a purpose that resonates with the individual, that resonates with you to say, yeah, that's what my goal is. So what I'm going to quick do, let's take a quick 60 second break and then we'll be back with more crystal clear finances. All I want for Christmas are my two front teeth and a financial plan that works. This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. Financial plans are not one and done. They evolve over time to keep in tune with your changing goals. Although they continue to point in the right direction, consideration for adjustments should be given as options and new improved investment tools become available. Make sure your financial plan is growing with you and is something that you want on your Christmas list. Call 518-433-7181 today and let's schedule that financial appointment for you. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. Thank you for joining with me today. Today, we are talking about a recent visit that I had with a client and how exciting it was to be able, as they've just rolled over their funds to Crystal Clear Finances, to sit down and say, hey, this is what the data shows. And based on the average American, this is what it wants me to do with all of your funds. I'm not doing it. I'm going to sit down and talk with you today and find out what is right for you, where we're going to position each piece and why. And the way that we start it, yes, we open with prayer, but then the next thing we do is we talk about 
What are we hearing from economists about our our country, our economy, where things stand? And before the break, I had shared just a little bit from Bob Dahl in regards to one of his commentaries and his thoughts about there still being a mild recession that could uh, come in the beginning of 2024 or the next six to 12 months. I also want to bring up one more thing, and I love talking about uh, Brian from... Uh, U.S. trust. And when we look at it, one of the things he was saying, and I I apologize, I had brought up his report. And now, of course, uh, with the camera rolling, I can't uh, find the exact words, but I can summarize because I've used this a lot when I talk about Brian Westbury. And he talks about the fact that people are saying we made it out of the woods. We got out and we didn't have any scratches on it. I would uh, agree with him when he says, just wait for it. Okay, we've got to pay the piper. It might have been kicked down the road a little bit. But he also is saying, you know what, there's still some chance for some mild recession next year. Now, the reason we say that is not so that we shut everything down and run to cash. But we say that to say, wait a minute, then if we have some people that we feel very confident about, though you can never guarantee, right? What can we do to position ourselves in a way that will allow us to take advantage if it does happen and if it doesn't happen. And that's what we did in the the meeting with our client recently. And it was such an exciting time to be able to see the light bulbs come on for them. Now, I want to transition a little bit more because after we opened in prayer and after we talked about the economy and we went over, actually literally went over the bullet points from what their commentaries were, we had a good feel. We had that discussion of what he felt that the economy would do, what I felt the economy would do, and how we wanted to take that mindset, those those lenses in which we're viewing, and how we were going to look at their resources. So once we did that, we began talking about bonds. And I know before the break, I I talked a little bit about that with you. But I think it's so important to understand that when new vehicles become available, we need to be able to pivot. And that's my personal belief. So when bonds work, I want to use them. But when they don't, I'm not going to stay to some, nope, you always have to have this much in bonds and this much in stock. I'm going to look to see what other alternatives are out there. And that's something that we were able to sit down with our client and say, hey, listen, we can put CDs in place at five, five and a quarter percent. And we literally lined it up in a way that we know we're going to meet his income needs. And once he empties one bucket, then a CD will mature. Now, he asked a question, which maybe you might have the same question. He said, Crystal, what's a ladder CD? I've never bought a ladder CD. Well, it's not a ladder. But literally what you're doing is you're saying, okay, I'm going to put a CD in for six months. And then I'm going to buy at the same time out of this bucket of money I have a CD at nine months and a CD at 12 months and a CD at 18 months. Now, it's kind of like a ladder, right? You're climbing up the rungs. The point of that is, is that in six months, you can look to see what's going on in the economy and say, hey, I I think that the market's going to take off. I don't want to keep it in a CD getting 5% without the market risk. I want to put it someplace else and have market risk with the potential that I could get more. And you can take that money out and you can put it in the market. Or you can say, hmm, all right, I'm going to take this money but I'm still not sure, and I'm getting 5% or maybe more, I'm going to buy another CD for another 9, 12 months out. And then you wait a few more months and your next CD matures. So that's a ladder, right? You're climbing the ladder with different time frames on your CD. One of the things that's nice about that is if we can lock this in now, 
We don't know what the rates will be in a couple years from now, but every time we have one renew, we can look to see, is it that the route to go or do we begin to pivot to something else? Pivoting in financial planning is important. That's not changing the plan, right? Because people say, oh, no, 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 Crystal, but you said we were going to do this. And I said, yep. And that was based upon the market and the vehicles and investment vehicles and savings vehicles available to us. Once those change, we can pivot. We just keep facing the right direction, right? We're going in the right direction, but we look for the tools that now become available to us that help us reach that goal. So when I was looking at his example here, I noticed on his case, he had muni bonds. Now, I want you to think about this. People are like, oh, I love my muni bonds. I'm getting 3%, plus I don't have to pay a federal tax rate. So they're excited. They want to keep it. So I just ran this little scenario with him. So we took one of his smaller ones. It was a $60,000 one. It's earning about 3% interest. And we said, okay, so that means you can get $1,800 in his case at the end of the year, right, with all the different interest that's coming in. If they had a 24% tax bracket, That means there was $432 that they didn't have to pay the federal government because they were in a muni bond. Whoop, whoop, we're winning, right? That's how they were looking at it. This is awesome. But then when we began to realize, well, wait a minute, can we still make more even if we do have to pay some taxes on it? Now, please understand, I am not giving you investment advice because everyone is different. But in his case, because of how his income streams were coming in tax-free, he could literally take the $60,000, have it in a CD, have it earn 5% instead of 3%. And because he was in a lower tax bracket, he wasn't as worried about the federal tax. But let's just do an apple-to-apple comparison. If he put the $60,000 in a 5% CD and he still had to pay that 24% tax, well, if he had put it in the 5% in that CD, he would have made 3000 minus the 720 that he would have had to pay in taxes. He still had 2280 in growth. Now, I told him as I was doing this, this was just one of it. I said, I know, that's not a lot of money. He's like, what? Are you kidding? You still saved me more there. And when he realized he could, there was so much he could still do because his tax rate was so low because of proper positioning, he had already paid his tax in advance. So now as he got money from Roths and from different life insurance, different areas, he didn't have to worry about his taxes. So being able to sit down with him and one by one, show the tax savings, show what he could do, show how we could put it, the buckets that we could put in, what to put in each bucket, it was an exciting uh, meeting with the client. Now, one other area. I thought this was a lot of fun. This individual loves individual stocks. Like they came in and they had Trusco and Visa and all these different stocks. What's nice about it is when you're working with a certified financial planner, they can look at those stocks. They can be able to say, not just, gee, I heard Amazon was good, but they can actually pull the report to see, which is one of the things that we did, which was better, Amazon or Visa. And we were able to go through and look at the strengths of the company. We were looking, able to look at what the pricing ratio was, what the dividends were. You know, one of the things that we look at when we're evaluating a stock, and again, a little rabbit trail here, but this was a discussion that we had had with this client. 
And we had talked about the dividends. And one of the things I look for is I like to go back and look at their 20-year history of what were the dividends for this company. And, you know, I'm okay if there's a stock that we're looking at and that stock has a dividend and it just is chugging along. It's the same dividend. I mean, I'm not excited about it, but it's the same. What do I like more is if I see it, it's chugging along, then it has a small bump up, stays there for a little while, has a small bump up, and it shows an onward and upward progression. What bothers me is when I'm looking at a stock that I'm evaluating with a client right there, and we're seeing that the dividend started high, and then it went low, and then it went up, and then it went down, it went sideways. Remember, dividends are based upon the profitability of a company. So if all of a sudden one year it's profitable, three years it's not, one year has a really high, I don't know, did they make a big sale that year? So we want to look at the dividends of a stock and their consistency. Not just consistent that they paid it, but consistent are they either staying the same or are they increasing? That's a big deal to me when I am analyzing a stock. I want to see that. I want to see what the projections are. Where do they think this company is going to be in two years, five years, 10 years? And I love how ValueLine gives me the information that says, listen, this is what this company is facing. He had one company and they're going through a huge lawsuit. And they went through and they said, however, when we look at this, look at the financial standings of this company. This company, they believed if it's a fair hearing, will be able to weather whatever the ruling is. Now, does that mean that this is guaranteed for the client? Absolutely not. But wouldn't you like to be able to look at a stock and be able to say, huh, I can see the dividend record. I can see the financial stability. I have insight to know what's happening behind the scenes, what mergers, what acquisitions, what lawsuits are taking place, and what are they looking at so that I can decide if this needs to be in my portfolio. So we had a lot of fun because we were able to look at the different stocks and say, okay, this is a good stock, but is is the most efficient use for your money or are there other opportunities? Now, one other thing that was kind of fun is we were able to look at stocks that he didn't want that we said, you know, they're just kind of hanging out there and they've been hanging out there for like 10 years and you've lost money on him. You've also gained a lot here. And in their case, they had spent some money. We can do uh, tax lost harvesting, we can literally sell one that's losing to offset the gains of one that you sold over there to bring things more even. So many things that you can do when we're looking at putting together a portfolio. So we talked about the economy. We talked about the bonds in his portfolio and ways that we can pivot possibly to CDs, to money markets. We talked about individual stocks and were those the right stocks for that family? And some of them were emotional stocks, stocks that, hey, my dad worked there. We know what stock that I'm talking about. And then we could look at what the dividends were. We could look to see if there were positive splits or reverse splits. There was a lot going on. And it was a good opportunity to show the tools that a certified financial planner can bring to the table instead of just saying, you know what? I put the numbers in this portfolio thing and it told me you need to have XYZ. So here you go. Here's XYZ. I'm looking at the clock and realizing we're coming to the end of it. I didn't even get into the fact of how we look through the mutual funds, how we look through the ETFs that they were doing, and then our discussion on life insurance to make sure that his wife had enough money that if something happens, she can take a deep breath, 
deal with the grief and be able to say, okay, I've got resources, tax-free resources here. Now I can decide what to do in the other areas. I want to encourage you. What my client experienced today, I believe is what you should be experiencing every time you go to your financial advisor. They should be able to sit down and say, hey, let's look at your portfolio. Not just, well, it's down because the market's down. And that happens. Oh, I've had plenty of discussions having to tell my clients, yep, portfolio's down. Aren't we glad that we have life insurance? Aren't we glad that we set up these CDs over here? Aren't we glad that we have different buckets? And even though the market's down, you don't need to touch that money. These are all different areas that when it comes together, that to me is what creates a real plan. That's what you should experience when you're with a financial advisor, at least in my opinion. While I'm looking at the clock, I wanna encourage you, if you're ready, if you're saying, Crystal, I've been listening to you for a while. I am ready to have a plan. I would like to sit down with you and let's make sure that what I have is what I need to have. And if I'm missing things, if you're missing a bucket, we need to sit down and make sure so that, you know what? If we don't have the mild recession, great. If we do, great, because you can be prepared either way. A lot of it is just sitting down, setting the plan and getting ready. Well, I want to invite you to give the office a call at 518-433-7181. Schedule a free initial consultation and then join me again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and Alpha Star are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.